you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Around the NFL podcast will apply for the Jets GM job. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room finally filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Uh, What's up? Happy Sunday. Another full Sunday. Good to have you back, Mark. You know, people were asking. People on Twitter were asking. The The show was talking. The show wasn't the same. But the newsroom was, was the like, same. I didn't get today. any tweets about the show not being. A lot of, lot of excitement. <laughs> I just made. I didn't hear a peep from anyone. I didn't. I was gone for about three days. It didn't seem like that long of a stretch. No. There was a listener though that um, that tweeted at me that we referenced you and it was accounted ten times in the last show. So obviously there was a missing uh, piece in our in our hearts while you were out in your desert desert adventure. Did you learn anything in the desert? Uh, not about the show. I didn't listen. I'm assuming it was <laughs> well, very I know, strong. We know that. We know you didn't listen strong. to the show, but I'm saying, did you learn anything about your life in the desert? Well, of course. I think you always do when you travel out into the east. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the east. <laughs> and I was disappointed to hear yes. that you didn't you didn't meet a man like a Native American somewhere in the in the in the sands or smoke any peyote. Nothing like wild went down. It was largely, I mean, you know, to keep it short, I was with my parents, which was wonderful, and I was with my two uh, toddler children. So there wasn't a lot of peyote <laughs> and Indian discoveries and other <laughs> mythical a, quests. Bit of an so. upset. That'll come over the summer, perhaps. Most likely. <laughs> All right. So this is Week Nine, the Week Nine recap show on Sunday. We. Uh, we have a lot of games to get to, not as many as usual, because we have some pe- some teams on buys this week, which uh, we all get excited about, because that means less games, which means more games we can really dig in on on the Sunday night show, right, Mark? Let's do it. Yeah, so why don't we start? Let's get right into the game of the day. We all know what the game of the day is. It is Manning-Brady 16. However, this was not the game maybe we were hoping for, a shootout that went down to the wire. This was a one-sided affair. Tom Brady threw four touchdowns leading the Patriots to a dominant 
43 to 21 win in Foxborough. The Patriots have won five straight, and they hit their bye at seven and two. Wes, uh, you wrote this game up on uh, NFL.com slash around the NFL. Is Tom Brady the league MVP at the season midway point? <laughs> Got to put him in the discussion, right? Uh, this really happened very quickly, but they're averaging 40 points a game since the blowout in Kansas City. And Brady has 18 touchdowns and one interception over that span. Wow. He's been lights out. Maybe it's a lesson we shouldn't recap the MVP race every week after, like, week six. Like, I remember <laughs> a Chargers fan saying, Rivers really has to hold serve this week, you know, to keep his lead in the MVP race. It's a little early well, you're, for Alvin. You're forgetting about the Philip Rivers MVP march right. that I referenced <laughs> right. about a month ago. It's like the Heisman now. So, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that Tom Brady outplayed Peyton Manning uh, in New England today, and, and Peyton Manning even said it himself. He said he wasn't very good in this game. But this wasn't a game that you put entirely on the quarterback, right? No, no. Manning, I thought he had some trouble with the wind. His ball, the difference in arm strength between Brady and Manning was startling. And um, Manning still had 439 yards, but the defense, I mean, we, we thought the difference in this game would be Denver having a much better defense than, than the Patriots, but it didn't turn out that what way today. What happened, though, because Denver's secondary especially has looked pretty rugged of late, shutting down whatever comes at them, and then these two quarterbacks combined for 110 passes? That's I mean, it's the, like that's everything the most in play. NFL history in a non-overtime wow. game, and it comes down to neither team could run the ball at all, and you have two coaches and two quarterbacks don't bother to run if it's not working at all. The, the Broncos started the game trying to run the ball. They realized it wasn't going to happen, and they smartly kept passing. They were moving the ball. It was just the difference was on third downs and big plays. Tom Brady was getting away from defenders, and the Patriots actually did a good job getting pressure on Peyton Manning up the middle. Brady was really good with his pocket movement and was accurate, like Greg said, on third downs. He, he put the ball in some tight windows when he had to. Yeah, I didn't think Manning played – terribly either if Wes Welker doesn't drop a pass while they're driving to start the second half it it goes up in the air and the Patriots intercept it return it and then it's a route the Broncos are right in that game they were moving the ball very well to start the second half and Gronk I mean this guy's as dominant ever 516 yards in his last five games the most he's ever had in any five-game stretch in his career. It's funny because last year when New England got hot, it's exactly for the same reason. I feel like right? we had the same conversation, same conversation. <laughs> yeah. about maybe 11 months ago, and then he hurt his knee, and it was uh, he was out of the picture. The catch that that Gronk made with his left hand it was ridiculous. falling backwards. I mean, cue that tape up, people back there. I'm sure they are. They, we do mm, a great job putting yes. uh, videos together if you haven't seen it, if you're listening to us on our podcast. He is playing at another level right now, and to me, he's just the difference. I mean, that's the main difference. And Brady said it after the game, we figured out what we do well, and no team and no coach, I think, is better at figuring out what the team does well and hiding weaknesses like the Patriots, and they've done that turnaround in the middle of the season. Wes, you left uh, Tom Brady off your top ten arms list a few uh, weeks back. Is he getting on the list now? Yeah, he's there. I gave you grief (laughs) for it at the time. That – that ball that LaFell, was the ball LaFell dropped in the end zone Woo. looked like a J.R. Richard fastball. Wait, <laughs> yeah. does anybody know J.R. Richard J. anywhere? Yeah, he, was he a middle reliever for no, the No, he was a six-foot-eight <laughs> six starting pitcher for the Astros in the late 70s when they had Nolan Ryan. Uh, I, he I, went I, over 300 strikeouts a few times. I thought he was a nasty boy. Was not the center of my late 70s focus. <laughs> <laughs> you have a late 70s Shrinky focus. Dinks like were that. the center of your late 70s focus. Fair. All right, we move on. Colin... 
Colin Kaepernick fumbled at the goal line with less than 10 seconds to play, providing a shocking end to a 13-10 win for the Rams over the 49ers. A real uh, stunning upset here. San Francisco falls to 4-4 four and, four and, and is on the outside looking in in the NFC playoff picture. Gentlemen, I ask you, is it time to start recalibrating expectations for this Niners team? I guess it is. What happened? Two years ago, they had the best offensive line in the NFL, and now Kaepernick's been sacked 12 times in his last six quarters, I think. Yeah, the, the Rams entered this game with six sacks all season, and mm. they had six in the first half alone. They finished with eight, including two from Robert Quinn. So, that I mean, their pass rush, you knew that was going to come out eventually, but for them to be this dominant against the Niners team that, you know, I, the reason I picked the Niners going into this game was I thought they were – you know, about to hit that stride that they seem to do every year like the Patriots are doing now. But maybe that gear isn't in them this year. I don't know. I mean, they still have players to come back from injury, especially on defense. One quick thing about the Rams, you know, I people easily dismiss St. Louis and for good reason because they've been so inconsistent. But not inside that division. I think that the your Pete Carrolls and Jim Harbaugh, the, the 49ers were knocked around by the St. Louis Rams two seasons ago with a tie and a loss. They beat Seattle a couple weeks ago, and they go and beat the 49ers again. But they can't beat anyone outside of the West. Weird team. Give me a Austin Davis update, Dan. I think signs are pointing to him not being the answer for them. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing they won this game. If you would have told me that Austin Davis would throw for 105 yards, uh, two interceptions, that's a 44.6 passer rating, and a – uh, positively uh, Gabbard zone yards per attempt average of 4.4 mm. 4, and tell me that the Niners would get beat by the Rams. I'd be shocked. He, you know, he, he seems, he seems to be very conservative. Uh, he doesn't push the ball downfield. That's the opposite of how he was in his mm. first few starts. Yeah. If I mean, someone went up to you and told you all that before the game, wouldn't you really say like, wow, that's a really weirdly specific prediction. For Austin Davis today, why are you telling me that? I was like, wait, do you know something? Are you holding out on me? But, uh, yeah, so I I would imagine that Les Snead, unless something happens special with Austin Davis, uh, they're going to be looking for a quarterback uh, in the first round. It just matters where they fall in that first round because they're not a bad team. Like we're saying, they're beating beating the Seahawks, they're beating the Niners, but the only thing that makes it a little tough to figure out is how good are these teams they're actually beating. It's weird because in Seattle there was dissension because inside the locker room players wanted to see the Seahawks get back to their run-first philosophy. I'm just asking here, looking at the numbers, Gore – 49 yards, the team as a whole, 3.8, rushing the ball. They're not the same team on the ground that they've been in the past. No, I mean, this was not a good performance by them. And I want to get back to that, again, the last play, because it was crazy. They This game seemed to be over. There was uh, back-to-back penalties on the Rams that allowed the Niners to get from midfield to the goal line. And uh, they took it down to nine seconds left. Kaepernick didn't get a clean snap. Looks like he recovered the ball as he went into the huddle, and then it got knocked out again. And because mm. it was such a mess in the scrum, the, they couldn't really get a good angle whether the call was right. So they just st- stuck with a call. And and what's crazy now is they're four and four. And if they miss the playoffs this year, this is the game that will stick with them. I know Jim Harbaugh is not going to sleep tonight, but he might lose a lot of sleep all winter thinking about how this game ended. Well, Kaepernick says he had the ball over the goal line. That he knows it. That. Because he was there, what a, you can't really trust that. But if his throw the play before was better to Crabtree, they win the game. Yeah, Crabtree had to dive for it out of the end zone, and that's kind of been Kaepernick's story this year. Some great plays, but not really that accurate. Contract looks great that the Niners signed now. I mean, 
you would not have wanted to give him all that mm. money because he's not. Or maybe this contract, even in its current form, is too generous to what he's shown. But well, what are they going to do? They're not going to get rid of him. Right. I wouldn't I agree. Say. I just think they're lucky they didn't give him a massive guaranteed contract. You you think it's ugly now? They got to go to New Orleans next week. That's an interesting game in the NFC. If you don't go Yoinks. and end that Superdome winning streak, you're at four and five in a conference that I think it's going to take ten or at least ten wins and maybe eleven wins to get into the playoffs. Tony Tony Romo's absence was felt on Sunday in Arlington, where Brandon Whedon struggled to move. The, you Mark seriously, Brandon Whedon struggled to move the ball. This is yeah I against mean, a stout wow. Cardinals defense. The Cardinals beat the Cowboys 28-17, improving their record to an NFL best seven and one. Greg, the Cardinals had some fun against the NFC East this year, huh? Four no, they're lucky Oof-a. they're not still in the NFC East. Remember back then. When they were in the NFC East, oh, the yeah. St. Louis Cardinals, yeah, yeah. The old even Arizona was there for a little bit, and then they then they moved them out. Neil west. Lomax, <laughs> yeah, they wiped the floor with this division. This game shouldn't have been as close as the final score, which was twenty-eight seven. But it was a it was a close game entering the fourth quarter. Carson Palmer really didn't have that good a game, and the only time the Cowboys scored early was off a pick six from Carson Palmer. But I give the Cardinals defense a lot of credit. People will blame it all on Whedon, but they stuffed the running game pretty nicely. Calais Campbell, Dan Williams, and the Cardinals defensive line looked terrific. Brandon Whedon failed as the Browns quarterback because he didn't have any touch on his passes, lacked pocket pocket presence, and really didn't see the field well. Is that pretty much what you saw? They tried to limit his exposure to the game in the first half. Like, he, he really wasn't that big a factor in the first half of the game. He made a couple dump-off passes, didn't do anything too bad, didn't have too many throws. The second they fell behind and he had to make a couple throws, I mean, he was off target with his receivers who thought they were going to go one way and Whedon's throw another. I mean, he didn't look good, but the defense didn't look good either. If not for, you know, ten bad throws by Palmer and five drop passes from Arizona, I think they could have put up 30, 40 points. Well, you game. wrote also that their their line, which has been so good, was was also not blocking very well. Was that just because were they stacking the box to stop the run? I mean, that, that I'm sure that was part of it. But, you know, they had a fourth and one in the fourth quarter where you need a yard to keep the game going. They're only down by four at that time. It was a close game the whole game. They couldn't pick up a yard. And Murray had a 10-yard run, a 17-yard run early. But for the most part, he was just getting one two yards and Calais Campbell returning. And you know who also looks good? Honey Badger. The Honey Badger. Oh, yeah. He looked good last week too. Honey Badger is back and he makes a big difference. They're not, you know, they lost a lot of people, but the secondary is still very good. Bruce Arians going to run away with coach of the year at this mm. rate. This was a defense that was scrambling to fill uh, spaces in the beginning of the year. As you said, uh, Honey Badger was not healthy. Now th- this defense is humming, and you have an offense that's getting the job done. This is And Ellington's been a great – he's really uh, stepped up his game this year. This whole team is starting to co- coalesce in a nice way. The other side, the Cowboys look like they're in trouble. Five and three. Their now. best three defensive players this year on really kind of a no-name defense have been Tyrone Crawford, Rolando McLean, and Justin Durant. Durant was lost for the season last week. Right. Didn't uh, McLean and – McLean and Crawford went down late in the game. Seems like McLean's injuries not serious, but Crawford's could be from the sound of it. And that would be a huge loss for them. And they just get Demarcus Lawrence back this week. And he played pretty well, actually. Henry Melton's playing better. But it's not a, it's not a good defense. So Dallas has been beaten in six days by Colt McCoy and Brandon Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> the old Browns quarterback. That, I, I, I still don't think good. this team is making the playoffs. 
I mean, wow. you would think they're going to beat Jacksonville this week in London if Romo returns. Jerry Jones indicated he expects Tony Romo to play next week. but Oh, Tony Romo doesn't have a choice, by the way. <laughs> Tony Romo, this was Jerry's year. It was all in his head. It was all coming together that this was their big Super Bowl run that no one saw coming. He's not going to let this thing slip away. Uh, if they have to wheel Romo onto the field, they're going to do it, guaranteed. And give some. Uh, we should give some love to Patrick Peterson, who's had a rough year, but he shut down Des Bryant. Out of this box score until the last two minutes in a garbage time did, uh, drive. Did Patrick Peterson shut him down or did we? Do? I give it credit to Peterson because they tried to throw to There was eight targets to him, and he was all over him. The, the officials kind of let him play. It was very physical, but Des Bryant was very frustrated. Marshawn Lynch led the way with 143 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And the Seahawks uh, beat the Oakland Raiders 30-24 to at the clink. The Raiders are now 0-8. Uh, I guess that's 0-4 under Tony Sperano. Very more balls. And, Mark, <laughs> was this a game that was as competitive as the final score indicates? Not quite as competitive as the final score, but I want to say Sperano, you know, love him or hate him, is he's gotten the Raiders to play. I hate him. Bet why well, I know you do, <laughs> no, and that's I why I mentioned that. I don't that. hate him. Seems nice. It's not a great look for Dennis Allen because they've been much more competitive under Sperano, and I think that they, you know – they're kind of playing with a we-got-nothing-to-lose attitude. They went right at Seattle. Seattle's banged up big time on defense and nearly ran away with this game very early because of some, some Derek Carr interceptions, won a pick six by Bruce Irvin. But then from there, it was Seattle couldn't really will its way to a blowout, which I think they would have last year. I mean, Marshawn Lynch had a nice game, 60-something yards on the ground, another 60 through the air. But the passing attack in Seattle – I, I think they're really struggling because they didn't have Russell Okung in there and they didn't have their center. And, and Russell Wilson was running for his life all game. Seems like he's back in the funk like he was last December. Well, you know, it's like we've already talked about in, in, in Dallas if suddenly you're getting chased around or if in any of these games where a guy that we're used to seeing being efficient, Kaepernick, if you're getting sacked eight times a game, if you're going to get rushed all over the field – and they're taking away some of your deep looks, and you don't really have a receiver on that offense that you can rely on and, for big big plays. Oh, by the way, you traded Percy Harvin, who, not for nothing, had nine for 130 for the Jets on Sunday. I mean, that was a major guy. I know they weren't utilizing him correctly, but that doesn't right. mean that they were never going to figure it out. Once you take him out of the picture, he's gone entirely, obviously. I mean, I wouldn't be... They, they, I wouldn't be overly worried about Seattle until we get they get their guys back and we kind of see what they are. But they really did not look. They're not like getting a Percy Harvin and Golden Tate back. No, but I mean, I like to see them get their full line back. That'll help. The offensive line was terrible last year. I mean, people forget it was yeah. one of the worst offensive lines pass protecting in the league, and they don't seem any better. Wes, by the way, since you were on the verge of eating your softball pants with the Raiders, they have now lost 14 straight. Since that moment. This is their worst start <laughs> since 1962. Do you have anything to do with this? Sure. <laughs> Put a hex on them. What's going on, guys? Hey, how's it going? up, TD? How real, are you? Really quick, just real quick question. Okay. So one Mr. Dave Damashek said on last week on his new show, by the way, on NFL Now, said that the Seahawks will not be making Wait, what the new show is this? It's on D, uh, DDFP TV. It's a 30-minute show. Well, oh, more like sweet. two minutes on it. Yeah, check it out, NFL Now. Oh, the, on NFL Now. On NFL Excellent Now. Platform. Yeah. You can't so, have too much check in your life. Especially you can't have too much NFL Now. Gonna you could have right. too much check in your life, TD, I imagine. But the, the good uh, fans <laughs> of NFL media content don't feel the same way. You know, yeah. 
But uh, he says the Seahawks will not be making the playoffs. I'm actually going to do this on behalf of Sheck. Okay. Anyone willing to take a sandwich bet on that? Ooh. Well, we don't bet here, first of all. Well, sandwich purposes. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm all over that. Really? They're out if the season ended today, but the so Cowboys are they in. will make the playoffs. Yes. I yeah, think- I'll take you up on that. I oh, will check, as well. Not me. I'm, I'll, putting, I'll, 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 put, I'm putting his wallet on the line. Wait, he doesn't even know about this? Yeah, I'm taking <laughs> the Seahawks to make it. Sign me up. All four of us Whole are taking it. Oh, he's going to be really mad at you now. Yeah, no, he's fine. You, just, you basically just took $20 out of his wallet. Sign Patra up that, and Connor Orr while you're at it. That he's a charitable fella. My whole family back in New York. Just like 40 sandwiches on Let's the line here. <laughs> All in. I don't know. I just I find it hard to believe that the Seahawks will – I don't know anymore if they're going to get back to the Super Bowl, which I know a lot of people thought could happen. But it'd be, to me, I'd be stunned if they just fall off completely and go 9-7 and seven or 8-8. Eight eight. I just don't One see One reason it. I would say they, they still have two games against the 49ers, two against Arizona, and one against St. Louis. I, I look at their season as almost just beginning. It's been a little bit rough, but they can decide what happens from here on out. A.J. Green made a healthy return after a three-week absent and finished with Three catches for and a touchdown. And the Bengals stayed atop in the AFC North with a 33-23 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was a game that appeared to be coming down to the final possession until Blake Bortles threw a killer interception to end things. Uh, the Bengals, gentlemen, the Bengals, uh, they their win they won again today. Not very impressive, but they're taking care of business. And here we are again. They are uh, heading as we reach November. They're in first place in their division, so they're moving along. What's up with Jeremy Hill? 24 carries, 154 yards? Yeah, he uh, he sealed the game, essentially. they The Jaguars were coming back after a bad Dalton turnover, uh, got got within a score, and then the Bengals got the ball back, and Hill busted one 60 yards down the sideline for a touchdown that basically gave them the breathing room they needed. So, you know, uh, with filling in for Gio Bernard, that is a, that's a big pick-me-up, and that's a nice one-two punch they have. How about my boy Mohamed Sanu? How did he look? He had another touchdown, and, you know, he, he looked like he was still the number one guy. I think Green is being worked back into the mix. Uh, but when you take – we've talked about this, Green and Sanu, both of them together. He had another he – he just has great catches every week too. It's not just that he's compiling numbers. He's making great kind of over-the-shoulder catches, has great hands, has great footwork. He's just, a, he's just fun to watch. <laughs> your boy! <laughs> <laughs> now, on the other side – Greg and I have been kind of worried about Blake Bortles. He's looked like he's regressed. How did he do today? Well, he was terrible in the first half, or I should say very quiet in the first half. They didn't do much at all. Uh, He came on in the second half, was playing really well, Um, actually finished with uh, two touchdowns, his uh, best passer rating of his career. Uh, But he had some questionable decisions. There were two interceptions that should have been interceptions that were dropped. And then he threw one, a bad, ugly pick. When you watch the game on Game Rewind, you'll, you'll be very upset when Blake, for the decision he made, he threw it into a crowd, had no chance of being completed, and that really uh, is what cost him the game. But I would say on balance, this was a step up from the last couple of weeks. And, you, and like we've been saying all season, there's definitely something there with this guy. It's just a matter of can he get through the season and not pick up bad habits and, or get hurt. I don't think it's unusual like to see a guy plateau if he's a rookie quarterback at this time in the year. It's a long season, and you're, you know, you're, that's where you are. But I, I blamed for a long while on their inability to run. And yet, Denard Robinson, last couple of he weeks, looks three great. weeks. Three weeks now in a row. Wow. And, Greg, you tweeted it. Uh, what did you tweet exactly? It's just one of the best stories right now. I love watching this guy run. That I was mean, a, it remi- a great he reminds tweet, me a, by the way. He reminds me a little bit of – 
Jamal Charles, just like the way he can sort of slow down and then just explode in the middle of his run. He looks like a legit running back. Hearns looks good. I mean, they have a nice little offense. Allen Robinson looks good. They just need to invest in a couple of draft picks in their offensive line, hopefully early draft picks. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, Luke Jokel was one. It's not really – I don't know if that's Well, the guy they took in the third round, Lindner, at guard has been great. Mm -hmm. So that, that helps. Mark Sanchez came on for an injured Nick Foles and helped lead the Philadelphia Eagles to a 31-21 win over the Houston Texans. Uh, Nick Foles, it's a clavicle injury. It could be serious. He could be missing serious time. D'Amico Ryan's carted off the field with a torn Achilles tendon, the team fears. Uh, Greg, I ask you, uh, how much of a step down is this Mark Sanchez from the 2014 version of Nick Foles? We have to see Sanchez in this offense because the preseason as we're seeing with Bortles and so many others is not transferable to the regular season at all so we need to see Sanchez in this offense you know it looks like he had a solid you know start today I don't think he's going to be a step down Mm -hmm. I personally but I kind of want to see it against real live competition first I don't really take much out of him lighting up the preseason I agree with you totally I I don't think it's necessarily a step down and you can't really say that the preseason carries over, but I, I thought Mark Sanchez was a little bit unfairly maligned in New York. Hmm. He's he not lost, a terrible quarterback. He lost his confidence in, near the end before he had that totally. shoulder injury, yeah. and that's really what did him in. He, We all know we, it's been talked about forever that he had moments early in his career, so he there is something there with him as well, and I, I think you guys are right. And I thought on Twitter, as, as soon as he came in the game, there were – thousands of bad jokes saying, oh, you know, <laughs> the Eagles are done, the Eagles are screwed. But Wait. don't don't assume that, that he's going to Wait, gonna thousands fun. of bad jokes on Twitter by <laughs> sports writers? Yes. Surely you just. Yes, and fans, and fans. And a good timing for Sanchez, too, because obviously Foles very up and down this whole season and a little bit enigmatic, but the Philadelphia finally running the ball well. Mm. You know, they didn't have an offensive line for half the season. What is it, 190 yards today, 4.8 yards per rush. Sanchez can do fine in that. And I think that, you know, he was one of the guys that said, I don't, he was very down during the summer when they talked about him maybe being traded out of there. I think he realizes he's with a good coaching staff on an offense that can use his skills well and they can run the ball. It's not a bad setup. It's for the him. quarterback proof offense. There I you mean, go. Foles has been terrible this year and they're like a top five team in, in offense and they're in first place now. They have with some... Foles and Sanchez. And, and Sanchez had a couple of picks today too. And they're six and two. They're ahead of the Cowboys now. It's, if you can't succeed in this offense as a quarterback, you're not going to succeed anywhere. It was a costly win, though. D'Amico Ryans. That's big. You go from D'Amico Ryans to Casey Matthews. That's ooh. Ooh, that's quite a come down. One note, Macklin, 345 yards over two games, the most by any Eagles receiver since 1965 in back-to-back innings. I was going to say that Adrian Peterson in 2012 is the all-time leader in best ACL recovery ever. Uh, Macklin just moved into the top five, I think. He's like on pace for 1,500-yard season with 15 touchdowns. I mean, he he came back and he was immediately his old self. And he we always knew that's why when he hurt his knee, what a perfect fit he was on that offense because, you know, that was why it was such a shame. He came back in and he showed it this year. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, ACL injuries are now just like bumping your shin on the way to the, you know. Says yeah. us, by the way. If Macklin's yeah. number five, Von Miller's number two. Wait, but <laughs> so many people come back from ACLs now, and they're better. They're more explosive. What are you saying, Greg? I'm just saying I will it's say not that big a deal for anymore. For all the listeners that hate Greg right now that have gone through that surgery and the grueling rehab it entails, 
you know, it's, okay, it's I, an achievement to get back. From. I hear what you're saying. I guess I'm <laughs> saying once these highly trained athletes with all the staffs behind them and everything else get back on the field, it's like it didn't make any difference. Did, uh, did the Eagles play against another team today? Uh, the Houston Texans. Oh, I think they're they're the team in the AFC that was kind of in the playoff race, but not really. And now that it's going to take like eleven wins, forget about it. Four Toma- and five. They're tomato cans. Quarterback switch time, maybe there. Yeah, I would think so. Aren't they heading into a bye? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get let's see some Ryan Mallet. Brian Hoyer threw a thirty-four yard touchdown pass to Taylor Gabriel with eight fifty-nine to play, helping the Cleveland Browns. Uh, to a 21-17 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Mark, the Browns are 5-3 and three at the midpoint of the season. Got a huge division matchup coming up Thursday against the Bengals. I would like you to rank your confidence level 1-10. to 10. On what? The Cleveland Browns. Beating the Bengals? In general. Beating the Bengals 4? In general. 5. Okay, so that and I don't uh, mean that uh, in a cynical no, no, way. Tra- and fair. what you're saying by that is you're not buying them as a playoff contender right now. I think they're on the fringe in an yeah. AFC where there's like 14 teams that are five and three right now. Are there though? Where are we at that? Now? There are eight teams I think that are five and three roughly in that. Tell us about this game. Did they? I know they didn't look very good last week in their win. Uh, this week, did they play better? Well, you know, I mean, number one, this is a, this is the kind of game that they've lost. 75 times over the last eight seasons. So they're winning these games this year. It was one of the uglier wins I've seen in a long time from any team. I mean, they really didn't play very well. And not to Since last week with the Browns. (laughs) I mean, they were ugly last week. Well, exactly. It's the same same exact thing because I think they were forged on a, we're going to run the ball down your throat all day long, and they can't do it right now. And so, you know, it's the same. The passing game is exposed to some degree, yet they made enough plays down the stretch against oh, the league's worst defense in yardage allowed yes. what's, to win. What's the name of Alex Mack's replacement at center? Uh, Nick McDonald. And Gerald McCoy put a clown suit on him today. Yeah, and I mean, Gerald McCoy is, you know, beside J.J. Watt, one of the most disruptive forces, obviously. And he, this Nick McDonald guy who came off the practice squad, I went and watched what he did last week against the Raiders, and he is learning on the job, and he's continuing to learn on the I job. I think I cut lawns with him. I think uh, you might have. At I mean, the community college. In well, you might be doing that again next summer as well. But uh, <laughs> why? why? What, what did I do that he got fired? Well, well, no, I'm not sure if you're looking for <laughs> a couple work, of stop but he downs tonight. Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> uh, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, midway through this game, Hoyer had been struggling. I was seeing some tweets, and Mark revealed to us that he had even tried to get ahead of the, the story a little bit, had worked up a Brian Hoyer benched in favor of Johnny Manziel post, so he must have not been playing too well. It felt very much – well, we've heard whispers for weeks that had things not gone right in the first half, and this is a game they had to win, or Thursday night becomes irrelevant for them almost, that maybe they make the switch. And it was the kind of game where Hoyer was getting harassed and he was not escaping pressure the way that I think they would assume Manziel – might give them extend the play and give them some life on the ground. I'll give him this, though. He came back through for 300 yards. He's on pace to throw for 4,020 touchdowns. Now, he should have about 20 interceptions, too, but these defenders keep dropping him. I mean, he had a bad pick today. He, had, he You know, it's, it's a total mix-and-match group of receivers. They don't have Jordan Cameron. They don't have Josh Gordon. They don't have Alex Mack. Taylor Gabriel is their leading yeah, receiver. Great, has yeah, well, they have these... The Andrew Hawkins is on pace. He's five foot seven. No player under five foot eight has caught as many yardage and passes as him since uh, 
Little Train James. Lionel Little yeah. Train mm. James. So, I mean, they're getting a lot from guys that we wrote off before the year, and so we'll see what happens. I'm not writing them off. Let's talk about the Bucks. Mike Evans' box score looks great. How did he look? He really was. You know, he's the kind of guy that's been washed out behind the Sammy Watkins and Kelvin Benjamin hype. He's not as flashy as Watkins, but he's big, and he absolutely dominated Buster Screen, and he they kept trying to put small corners up against him. And he was open over and is over. Is he the number one receiver now over Vincent Jackson? I think so. He has been the last two weeks. He looked great last week, too. I mean, I like what I see out of Mike Evans. I think Jackson looks like he's not long for Tampa, and Evans is going to be that number one. I wonder one. if they McCown found will start after. You know, I think they may go back to McCown at some and point here. Here's the credit to the Browns. We talked about it out of that bye week in week four. They had just a tomato can schedule for five straight weeks. They needed to take care of business. And with the exception of that slip up at Jacksonville, they won – Four out of five. So they got themselves in good position going into the second half. Coming up at Cincy, home to Houston, at Atlanta, at Buffalo, home to the Colts, and then home to Cincy. So that's not a brutal stretch either. There's some winnable games there, but they got to play better than they have the last two weeks. I think so. I mean, that's why I give them a five as a playoff contender. I think it's a positive step, and we'll see where it ends. Give, give Isaiah Crowell the ball. I mean, Terrence well, West did. jumping around, 10, ten, Tate, ten carries for three yards. Ben Tate looks terrible. I don't know I what's him. going on with Crowell. Ben Tate can make anyone miss. The Minnesota Vikings spoiled Robert Griffin III's return to the lineup, getting three touchdowns from Matt Asiata including the go-ahead score with less than six minutes to play to secure a 29-26 win over the Redskins. Uh, to talk about this game, we have a man on the phone. Uh, every time he's not working and putting together content for around the NFL, he's getting yoked. He's at the gym. He's working out that aggression that he's admitted on the show that it builds up within him sometimes and sometimes manifests itself physically upon uh, people outside bars. I mean, there's a reason he works remotely from us. <laughs> he is Kevin Patra coming at you. What's going on, fellas? What's up, my man? Yoked is an over-exaggeration. Uh, you got a great body, man. So, uh, yeah, so the Minnesota Vikings big win here. I want to ask you, though, Kevin Patra, how did RG3 look in his return to action? You know, he came out firing. He was 6-for-6. Six six. He looked real good. They looked like they almost dusted off some of Kyle Shanahan's plays from last year early. He was in the pistol. Uh, he, his movement and his ankle didn't seem to bother him all game. His first drive of the game, he almost got sacked, wiggled out of it, and found Roy Hallou after he rolled out. Uh, I don't think that was an issue at all. But then from there, he only completed 12 passes after the first uh, couple drives, mm-hmm. and he just seemed to hold the ball way too long. It went back to the same things we were saying about him in the preseason in the first game, held on the ball way too long and was very inaccurate on some throws. Yeah, Easy I was throw. wondering. I looked that he, he took five sacks, and the Vikings – they have something with that defensive line with Everson Griffin and Sharif Floyd and Anthony Barr's playing well. They lead the league in sacks right now, but how much of it was on Griffin how much of it was on the Vikings? I would say there was two sacks that were uh, the Vikings got on their own, and three of them were caused mm. by him holding the ball too long. But he also wiggled out of a couple that they should have. They should have had two or three more that he kind of wiggled out of. This, this game was back and forth. It was forth. a combination of both, mm. but he held on to the ball way too long. Way, way too long. I'm, I'm kind of amazed at this stage of his development that the Vikings won a game in which Teddy Bridgewater threw 42 passes. And uh, I'm curious how he looked. I know I did see one play where he overshot uh, Corderell Patterson on uh, what would have been a touchdown, right? He overthrew him. He's having some mm-hmm. problem oh, with the deep ball. Yeah, he, I, I charged him as four deep balls that he just missed on. Wow. Two of them were overthrows. One was a good play by the defender, and another one he badly, badly underthrew Patterson. 
would have had a touchdown on that one as well. Did Christian Ponder have the same problem throwing downfield? Yes, he did. Uh, You could almost say this was the quarterback kind of flipped. Teddy started out terrible, and then in the second half he got in a rhythm. He realized that he could step up in the pocket, and he avoided some of the pressure because the Washington pressure was all over him early. And it kind of just clicked for him, and he was making short passes. And North Turner was just a step ahead of Jim Hazlitt all day. Guys were wide open in the, in the uh, secondary, and he just made easy throws. It's crazy that the Vikings, without Adrian Peterson, are 4-5. and five, And, you know, they, they have the same amount of wins as San Francisco right now. Minnesota! They didn't Get excited in, for Mike Boston. Zimmer, coach of the year! Wow, coach of the year. I have a too. Trying to get someone excited about this Vikings team. No one else seems to care. <laughs> I can't get in. They're we were not talk- exciting. We were walking up the stairs and we were talking about them, and I, I can't get all in on the Vikings. They, they're like, to me, they, guaranteed 6 Bruce to seven Arians would need to be abducted by, like, hostile forces for, <laughs> for Mike Zimmer to win coach of the year, by the way. <laughs> all right, Kevin, thank That's you true. again. But, but, okay. No, wait, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> what, no, you had something else to say. That was so hurtful. The way, when, like, when I feel so bad it. about it. The way that came, you were like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to argue with the host. Who argues with the host? No, go you ahead. You should, please. I, I want to hear that point that you had. Um, well, I was just going to say, I mean, this game kind of proved they have a lot of young pieces. I'm sorry. Uh, Bridgewater, I, like I said, he, he's shown flashes where in a few years I think he'll have a good, he'll be good. Anthony Barr showed up again, Everson Griffin, like you said. And I think McKinnon's a good, good piece in the backfield. I don't know why they give Oski out of the ball unless it's on first and goal on the one. Uh, but I think they do have some pieces here, and I think Mike Zimmer's going to whoop him into shape. One of the I best, think they've shown a lot of progress. One of the best weird stats in the NFL right now is that Matt Asiata has nine touchdowns in his career, so he has three games where he had three touchdowns in a game. Never yeah. had a touchdown in any of his other games. That's it's like a, weird. It's like a flaw in a Nintendo game or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. Well, any, anything else, Kev? All right. Well, I was going to say that. <laughs> hey, wait, it sounded like you had something else. You had something else. What do you, What else you got? That That was it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm well, out. Let's. Uh, George Costanza, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> that's Kevin Patra coming at you. It was a little rocky there. I'm upset that maybe we we didn't close things out properly. Maybe we should have a big powwow conference call. By, set up by the boss on Monday morning. Uh, you don't want an angry Kevin Patrick. No, exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So, Kevin Patrick, bring in the hot info as always, and we move on. Philip Rivers was shut out for the first time in his career. Yikes. As the Miami Dolphins defeated the Chargers 37 nothing in a, a grim route. If you're a Chargers fan, Ryan Tannehill continued an extended stretch of great play throwing three touchdowns and completing over 70% of his passes. Wes, I got to ask you, we got to hit both of these teams uh, very hard because this is a very interesting game. But we'll start with the Dolphins, the winning team. Are they for real? I think they are. Uh, three of, the three highest QBRs of, of Ryan Tannehill's career have come in the last five games. He's playing much better. And their defense, as Greg's been saying, is a top three or four defense in the NFL. I think they look great. Top three or four. I don't know if I've been saying that, but maybe after shutting out the team of ATL, I'll well, think about it. I don't know if it takes which, much. Speaking of which, I, you're going to need more than a great 70s disco song to perhaps keep us invested. I don't think we get a chance because people were at – we took a lot of grief during this game, people saying, you know, the Chargers, are you going to dump them? 
I don't know if we can dump them. Oh, I dumped them. We certainly – I know, Wes, you dumped them. But um, <laughs> from looking at this from a team-building aspect, I don't know if we can – we're not going to pick another team of ATL. We had our shot, and if the Chargers go down in flames, we're back. You know what? I say this, we stick with them. Yeah. Okay, we we like didn't that. fail them. They have failed us up to this point, and let's give them a chance let's, to get back Let's in. hear that song. It'll get us maybe juiced up a little bit. All right. This Super Chargers. Oh, yeah, Super Chargers. All right. I mean, I, I feel like that gave a little – it's like drinking a five-hour energy shot. I mean, only because, like you said, we can't pick another team, so we have no choice but no. to stick No, we with. could. We could do whatever we want. Well, there is something oh, called – how about some dignity involved in the process? I'd rather watch croquet than watch the Chargers play football. Oh, stop. Here's they're going to rally. They're going to get Jason Verrett back. They're going to get Ryan Matthews back. They're going to get some of their other defensive players, and they're going to rally down the stretch, and they're going to stick it – in your bald oh. head. <laughs> wow. That sounds uh, like a homicide. It breaks the skin. They, the Dolphins should have been up 54 to nothing at the end of wow. the quarter today. That was uh, seriously 54 to nothing. People are talking about, like, oh, the, the Patriots. That was a big win for them over Denver because now they're going to have the tie break for the potential number one seed. With the schedule that the Patriots have in the next five weeks, I don't know. The Dolphins are good enough to compete for a division title, aren't they? I know you guys think, oh, because the oh Dolphins haven't done it in the past, but the Correct. past doesn't matter right. anymore. I think they're good enough to compete for a wild card, they, but they don't have Tom Brady and Gronk. If the Patriots or the Broncos or the Colts or any of these teams beat the Chargers 37 nothing, we would be lining up to write, oh, this is the know. best team in the NFL. Because I, we I know the greatest. I wrote effusively they were about so the Dolphins today. Right, they were so unlucky to lose to the Packers on the last play. If it well, wasn't for that, they'd have won five Hold straight. on, but Greg, when we talk about the Patriots and the Broncos with Manning and Brady, they've been doing it for years and years. And how many times right. have we seen the story with the Dolphins where we get invested in them and then they go into one of those funks? It happened last yeah, year. Never. I've never been invested in well, the Dolphins. Next yeah, week right, they'll right. yeah, let's go back to the podcast at the beginning of December and see what Greg was saying. Well, my point is, is that they have a knack for going into funks that you don't see coming. Ryan Tannehill has been great, and credit to your boy, Mark, Bill Lazor, who seems to have brought something out to him recently. But at the same time, would I be stunned if Tannehill went back into the tank? I would not. No. Here's a factor. Tannehill let slip last week that Dan Marino has been tutoring him, and that's coincided with his hot streak. Ooh, I don't know if that's a factor. Bill Lazor might not like that. I don't know if it's a factor either, but Tannehill credits him. They're I, a hope weird it, team. I hope his analysis to Tannehill is better than what we see on TV most <laughs> of the time. Not a single receiver with more than 65 yards through to 10 different guys. I mean, it's, it is an interesting Tannehill, offense. it was the best start of his career, I thought. Yeah, I mean, my thing is that they, can, they run the ball really well. Lazor has cooked up a great running game, and they have a great pass rush. Part of that Pretty is good secondary. It's like, what more do you need? You part just of that need running attack is Tannehill. Yeah. Newton, Wilson, and Kaepernick are the only three quarterbacks with more rushing yards than him this year. And, okay, and what, what's going on with the Chargers? I mean, what, what happened to this team? When they were 5-1, and one, we were talking them up as a Super Bowl contender, and now they look like a team that couldn't get out of its own one way. One of the reasons that we lo- I think they were so productive early on was their secondary, which was a disaster last season, was completely remade and playing very well. They're, they're injured. I think they need to get Ryan Matthews back. That would yeah, help. I think. I believe their defense has given up 31 points a game over the last four or five games, whereas early in the season nobody scored more than 21 in a game on them. They're not stopping anybody, and obviously they got shut out, so they're not doing that well on offense either. They have a bye now, and then they come out of it with two home games, Oakland and St. Louis. So you 
think you can get healthy there to, to get to 7-4, and four, but it's impossible to catch up in the AFC West now, and you just lost the game to another potential wildcard contender in the Dolphins. It's going to be so hard to get in in the AFC. This was a big loss. So we got to rally around the Chargers. Yeah, I think so. And we don't Wes, just bail on them. You, it was so big of you when you decided to come along with us and, and pick them as the team. I think you got to show some I, loyalty here. Gotta, I actually got a lot of tweets in the opposite direction today, blaming me for <laughs> yeah. for really not taking a stand. That's true against that, and that if it, if it wasn't if I had actually gone with my feelings, the Chargers wouldn't be the team of the ATL. Well, right. we wouldn't have. A we team might have ATL. a more fun team to watch. Well, or we'd have no team because we were heading we towards agree. a non-agreement. I think that would be preferable to, to no. I agree. To the Chargers, you can spin it anyway. In the end. Us all kind of pressuring and going along with it. It, it hasn't worked out great so far. It's supposed That's just to be organic. Fact. It's a results-based business, and we blew it. I missed the Panthers. <laughs> we did. <laughs> all right, we move on. The Chiefs have won three in a row and five of six after taking care of the DOA New York Jets in a 24-10 win at Arrowhead Stadium. Alex Smith uh, was, again, efficient, throwing for two touchdowns, no turnovers. The Jets, guys, have lost eight straight since opening the season with a win mm. over the Raiders. Cool. This uh, officially clinches, uh, I think, the first go-get-my-sandwich uh, proposition of uh, our week one show where Mark made one where the Jets will have a winning record. They can no longer have a winning well, record, by the and way, you owe me a sandwich. By the way, it was about a month ago that I was pitching the Jets' team of ATL. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know where my head was. was I was completely wrong. Four days ago, I picked them to win this game. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a dull, dullard. And what's up with Percy Harvin, though, at well, least? But before, you got that. Yeah, but before we go on also, there was one clinch before that. It was TD predicting Megatron would have 37 touchdowns. Well, technically, he's <laughs> still, time left. still Good, got a chance. There's plenty of time left. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, yeah, we'll talk about Percy Harvin. He, uh, he had nine catches, 130 yards. 11 catches. 11 catches. Wow. All right. And uh, he had a long kickoff return that would have went for a touchdown most likely. He got – uh, tripped up by uh, Chiefs kicker Cairo Santos, which was a penalty. He lo- he looked like a guy that can be a centerpiece of their offense. Is, and if there's one thing, if you're a Jets fan, to look forward to down the stretch, is it seeing if Harvin can, can become a guy that you could build around rather than become a rental that disappears after a couple of months. Michael Vick played well enough in this game. He didn't play great, but he didn't. He did something that uh, you just don't see from the Jets uh, in the last couple of years. He wasn't the quarterback that committed killer uh, turnovers. He had no turnovers and uh, threw a touchdown, was efficient in terms of uh, passing. And that was enough for Rex Ryan to, at the uh, postgame press conference, to name the Vic starter unless he's not healthy, which tells you everything you need to know about, to me, Geno Smith, uh, that that's all Vic really had to do was not uh, – Self-destruct and yeah, and put together literally one scoring drive against this the Chiefs. Is a team that, that was it. Yeah, ten points. They scored they, all game, and then and three of them were off a kick return, right? So they really yeah. they often scored seven points. One it, question yes. for you, Dan. So you're watching this team, and I've seen this, you know, as a Browns, someone who's followed the Browns, where the season is just utterly crumbling. The floor is falling out. Do you want the current GM to pick the next coach, or do you just wipe, wipe this whole thing? Oh, away? I, I feel like I've been on record on this one. Yeah, I want him out. This is the most. Uh, I want the whole thing to be because he's blown also going to have to pick another quarterback because this <laughs> that, is a top there five is no pick way and you have to go quarterback. Woody Johnson, there is no way he can make the decision uh, to have Idzik pick 
if the Jets end up with a top three pick in the draft, which we seem to be heading towards potentially, and they're going to take a quarterback, we all know that, unless they somehow take another defensive player, which would be uh, hilarious. But uh, they cannot let Idzik do it. You just can't do it. If I'm Idzik, I, I fire Rex Ryan, and I trade a first-round pick for interim head coach Sperano from the Raiders. <laughs> wow. And then I leave town, <laughs> blowing New York's chances up for another year. Let's talk about the relevant team in this yeah, game. Let's oh, do yeah, let's no, this is, this is the most Chiefs game ever. We won't even talk about them. They don't throw a pass over 13 yards, or they have one pass over 13 yards, and they just kind of cruise to a win. It was just they took care of business. You know, this is they didn't play they didn't play a great game, but they basically did. When you play bad teams like the Jets, all you got to do is you don't no catastrophic catastrophic turnovers. Uh, Jamal Charles didn't have a flashy day, but he found the end zone. Uh, both their tight ends had touchdowns. Justin Houston. Yep, Justin Houston is uh, he's just been dominant. He had two more sacks. He's got 12 on the year now, so that guy is a special player. I mean, the Chiefs, we say it every week. If you throw out that first uh, week, they've been competitive week in, week out, and not just competitive, they've met, they're winning almost every week, five out of six. I guess they're another team that's five and three with the Browns and, and other teams. So uh, all these teams that are five and three are kind of in the same boat, but I would, I would put the Chiefs of our – uh, someone that were p- put doing a power rankings of these five and three teams, I'd certainly put them over the Browns. I think they're a better, more well-rounded team. Did, Greg, you mentioned now there's no wide receiver on Kansas City as a touchdown this season. Yeah, it's, it's all Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, we knew that backs. was a weakness, and, get, and credit to Reed for finding ways to do what he's done without with an obvious weakness in his offense. Eventually, you would think you're going to have to throw the ball down the field to win, at least deep into the playoffs or something. But this team could be a playoff team. It wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if they end up get, be getting that sixth seed in the AFC. All right. Before we get to the last game, we got the report from Rap Sheet, NFL Media Insider Ian Rappaport, that Nick Foles is out at least a month with a broken collarbone. So it is Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez time in Philly for the foreseeable future. Yikes. Why am I weirdly excited about this? Not happy that Foles got <laughs> injured. Because you're a secret Jets fan. No, no, you ha- want I'm not Sanchez ha- redemption. You're not happy someone got injured. But there is something just interesting about seeing Sanchez taking over such a good team at this point of the season. And to the people, I was getting a few tweets when he came in the game. Wouldn't this be the worst thing ever if Sanchez came in and was great for the Eagles? No, of course. I'd be happy for no. the guy. There's yeah. no bad blood between the Jets fans and Sanchez. It just it didn't work out. It was time for him to move on, and now he's going to get an opportunity. And if he plays well, who knows? He keeps the job if he plays great. If he if he loses the job when Foles comes back, maybe Sanchez gets a job down the line He could win else. a playoff game or two for the third time in his <laughs> career. It wouldn't be that shocking. No, it wouldn't. All right, let's get to the Sunday night game. Ooh, jaunty. <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger, oh my God, Ben Roethlisberger. He threw six touchdowns in a game for the second consecutive week. Chris Wessling, this is, he's the first quarterback in NFL history to accomplish that feat, leading the Steelers to a 43-23 thir- win over the Baltimore Ravens at Heinz Field in just two weeks. And this tells you what's going on in the logjam day of C North. In just two weeks, the Ravens have gone from first to last place. All four teams are in the middle of the hunt, but this day again, was about Ben Roethlisberger, who just went off complete stud performance. He has more touchdowns in the last two weeks than half the starting quarterbacks in the NFL have all season. (laughs) Including Foles, I believe. It's incredible for such a good offense. I mean, I, you know, in our midseason, you know, do-overs, take a look at what you've done right or wrong. I, you know, not even thinking about it, pick Pittsburgh to win the Super Bowl. And, 
They're starting to, you know, here's the thing, though. They are starting to look like that team that's going to take command of a division that right now is close. But was it just 10 days ago that we were talking about the Ravens as the clear front runner and consistent team? Wait two weeks and we'll see where we are. I'm not ready to say Take that. a look at the schedule. We'll get to the game uh, a little bit more in a second. But I just want to say the Steelers are well set up here. Now they have, they're at the Jets next week. Who knows how many touchdowns he throws against the Jets secondary. <laughs> Uh, probably at least 11, I would guess. That would be my... You're being conservative, yeah. but that's So, fine. at Jets, at Titans, then they hit their bye week. Oof. So, we're looking at 8-3 and three most likely. And then they got Saints, at Bengals, at Falcons, home to Chiefs, and home to Bengals. I mean, this it's very sounds manageable. like 11 wins. It's crazy how quickly the game can turn. I mean, they had 3-3 announced to start the game. They had a drive where he got sacked three straight times. Uh, and then the Ravens, who seemed like they should have been ahead by more... Turned the ball over a couple times. They had a chance in this game. But the, the couple plays that really stand out to me is when Ben Roethlisberger extended the play. It was a third and five, and he, he eluded a Ravens tackler just before the half. And the next play, that's when he goes deep to deep to Antonio Brown. It's been the same thing for three weeks now. The, the Steelers have that quick strike offense. If you're turning the ball over, you could be down three touchdowns in a heartbeat. And they're averaging 41 points a game since – Adding Martavis Bryant to the mix. Ooh. It's a shame they wasted six games on Justin Brown as their number three receiver. Well, maybe they needed that time to get Bryant hot, but they have been a completely different offense when they've added him in as a red zone weapon. And you look at Baltimore, and the Ravens are a very complete team, and, and they're going to be right in it till the end. But the Steelers, and of any team in that division, has the juiciest collection of weapons. And when they're operating at that power, because Big Ben – I'll take him over Andy Dalton any day of the week. That bold, that bold statement. Well, no, but no, but <laughs> I mean, well, just, no, because back off. Here's the thing. Everyone says everyone always likes to talk about the Bengals with the with oh they're the most complete team in the division, but no, they're not because the only position that really matters to get you farther into January is what Big Ben offers the Steelers, and that's the difference. And this is also in in credit all credit to Big Ben what he was able to do to, on Sunday night. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt and Le'Veon Bell combined for 20 carries for 43 yards. So basically, Roethlisberger put the offense on his back. Antonio Brown, again, like deserves to be in any discussion of best running uh, wide receiver in football right now. 11 for 141 and a touch. Uh, Wes, I know you championed Pittsburgh earlier in the season as your team of around the NFL, and you have a very self-satisfied look on your face. Smug. It is. It's smug. But listen, the way things have broke now, suddenly, and Roethlisberger is not going to keep this up every week. He will next week against the Jets. But uh, he's bound to cool off a little bit. But the way they look right now, they, they are right in the mix right now in the AFC for sure. little peek behind the curtain for our listeners Dan came dancing into the studio tonight. He's got Grateful Dead Franklin's Tower playing as a new tradition on Sunday nights. Dan knows the Steelers like three put him Grateful in that Dead good mood. Two. Touch of Grey <laughs> and Franklin's Tower are the two I know. The Steelers uh, put you in that good mood. Let me read you this tweet because I got about <laughs> okay. 30, of, 30 of these tweets with the same tenor. <laughs> this is from Los Quail Eggs on Twitter. Please convince your fellow heroes to switch the team of ATL to the Steelers. They're as exciting as you build them to be. Well, now that they've added likable fellows like James Harrison back into the mix, how could we resist? Yeah, that's know? not suspicious that's, at all, by the to way. Me, James that Harrison is, playing at, like he's age 28 again. I don't care who's Wrestling, on the team as long as they're exciting to watch. The problem with team of ATL, beyond the fact that it really is going to be the team of Wesleyan or we're going to have problems, is that <laughs> part of the issue is consensus. The Steelers got whacked out of this race. I wasn't even in the room. Mm. 
Yeah, but by the so way, part I have no regrets have to, because yeah, I, I whacked mind. them officially, but I'm not getting behind as a team of around the NFL, yeah. a five-time Super Bowl winner with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Exactly. That's not the spirit of this. Exactly. It's absolutely the spirit of it. They weren't supposed to be good this year. Like, ATL is the only group that actually picked them to win the division, and I, they're just exciting to watch. I still don't get how their defense is good. Like, I'm not that shocked that the offense has turned into one of the top five offenses in the league. I don't get that Brett Kiesel and James Harrison are two of the key parts of a defense that's playing pretty well. I think there's a factory where you open a door and there's like 25 Brett Kiesels and like 25, <laughs> and they just wheel up the newest machine version of James Harrison. Best defensive coordinator in football. Maybe that's one Do reason, too. Do we trust in the Steelers' defense? I don't. I don't. I don't. At all. I won't say what Mark said when we were coming upstairs. He said he was going to refer to Big, Be- Big Ben by a different name. We can't say it on this podcast. <laughs> But I don't begrudge not, him. He's a he's a good quarterback. He's you, a great but quarterback. you do despise better, him better than Dalton. I grew up and as a Browns fan, you know Ben Roethlisberger. This is why it's insane that Wesley thinks he's. You should never be a politician, and you won't be one. That you're going to build consensus <laughs> that would not go well, in this Wesley. room with <laughs> Pittsburgh as team of ATL when I'm not even the one that knocked him out. These guys got rid of him for the right reason. They're not an underdog team, no matter how you build them. You don't. can never. Bill Pittsburgh is an underdog team. Don't sell my this political career. Let's the Chargers. I'm Let's selling the, the Chargers. This will get us up again. Because we can't give up on them. Superchargers. That song's more you guys fun than their team. <laughs> I picked the Jets. Those are very solid around the NFL team. And I don't know where you guys went. All right. Went so that, course. that's it for uh, Sunday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday for another week of Exciting NFL fun, and don't forget the big showdown. Win West. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, that's I'm hurtful. Win Greg's toaster returns on Wednesday. Uh, TD and I have had some some slightly uh, you know tense talks. I'm yeah. putting some pressure on TD. Get a real contestant on the horn, not some tomato can like Greg wants. Yeah, any of you out there that <laughs> like to sniff glue or <laughs> run into walls, give TD a call. If you actively run into walls and also listen to this podcast, this is your chance. I'm more interested in finding a drop for tomato cans than I am for oh, we need right now. Yeah, just a couple so, of cans. Give me that uh, eating song that you like uh, and the sandwich song. Yeah, no, that I one like works. the sandwich oh, one. Uh, all right, so that's Wednesday show. So get excited for that. Win Greg's toaster is back, uh, and that's it for today's show. So this is Dan Hansa signing off for the Sizzler, the Mailman, the Boss. And the great TD behind the glass. Ooh. I like that kind of party. (laughs) Wow. I like that. TD bonus points tonight. I like that kind of party. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.